Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? And welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. This is episode 153-153. Very, very excited to share this episode because we are getting these guys on right before the bubble pops. Episode 153 features the talented DJ producer duo, Pool House. I've been following Sean and Devin since they first got into the scene a few years back, and it's been incredible watching them build such a special brand. In episode 153, we discussed their full story and got it all. We talked about their early inspirations and influences. These guys are East Coast born and raised, and they have loved music their whole lives. Although they're younger in the game, they have a rich history and appreciation of East Coast music culture, ranging from hip-hop and rap to after-hours techno vibes. We also talked about the inception and formation of Pool House. If you can believe it, Sean and Devin's relationship didn't start off the best. It wasn't until they both realized they shared a true passion for electronic music in college and decided to join forces and start a duo together. They haven't looked back since. It was so much fun running through these guys' discography. They have been hustling in the studio for a few years and have released some heaters on labels like Deep Root, Hood Politics, Spira, and Space Yacht. They also just released an official remix for Devault, which showcased their incredible ability to maintain their sound while also going outside the box. Special producers right here, guys. Pool House have earned their stripes in the house music community in a relatively short period of time, and I believe it's because of their genuine contributions to the scene in so many different ways. Every time they get, they give back twice as much. I got mad respect for the pool house guys and it's not just because I have a soft spot in my heart for anyone that can make it in NYC, let alone on the east coast, but also because they are truly talented and they make a great team. Guys, thanks for coming on the show and I cannot wait to hang with you soon. Let's get into it right now so you can hear this story for yourselves. This is episode 153 with Pool House. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Sherman the Booth. I am so excited to be here right now with the Pool House boys, Devin and Sean. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for making some time. How are we doing? Good. Great, man. Thanks so much for having us. Like, pumped yeah. to be here talking to you. I feel like this is a, a milestone any house DJ's got to go through. Well, you know, more than friends, one of the, one of the guys behind the scenes at uh, Hood Politics called me the Joe Rogan of Tech House. And since then, I've been wearing that on my fucking sleeve, man. So I appreciate that. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, and DJ Susan is the Tony Robbins of Tech House. So we make quite a a team. It's a lot of energy. (laughs) Not not everybody can handle the energy, but I think you guys can. Oh, I remember that that uh, Susan interview was very high energy. I feel like that's just the way the way that guy rolls, though. He just went. He just went. I was he was interviewing me like I was just like trying to get (laughs) And it was so great. We talk about it all the time because not every interviewee is like as necessarily as charismatic or energetic as him. 
but it mm-hmm. just turned into such this, this great building block for an interview. And that's my favorite part of this podcast, guys, is like you were mentioning networking before, having to go to the clubs, having to go to the shows, having to go to things that maybe you don't want to just to kind of build your career. That was one of the main reasons that I started the podcast. It was really hard for me to network in the clubs. I came from Indiana, tried to make it in Chicago, thinking it was going to be easy peasy. No, stopped in my tracks. So I said, I've got to find a way to connect with people in person and actually give them something that they can't give me. And that was the main reason I started Sherman the Booth. And this is episode 153. So yeah, so I've been doing it for over four and a half years now. And um, it's just been the best way to meet people, dude. Like I can't even begin to tell you. I'm sure you guys have experienced this in one way or another. Once you get into the music industry and it becomes sort of like your full-time passion, some friends fall to the side and new ones come, but in the music industry, especially in house music, you meet people and there's an immediate connection. And it's so, so special to experience that. So I'm excited to have you on, man. Absolutely. Men, men, excuse Not me. I agree more. And uh, I think you have a great platform for, you know, people in the space and super, super pumped to be here, bro. Hell yeah, Sean. I mean, listen, dude, like when I think about <clears throat> the music industry too, it's an iceberg, right? The tip of the iceberg is the David Guetta's, the Calvin Harris's, the the big festivals. The other 90% is us just trying to get to above the surface. But this is really where all the fun happens. This is where the journey goes on and where we can all coincide and cross paths. So it's a special time for all of us right now, for real. For sure. But Devin, you're, you're in Delaware, man. I'm in Chicago. At least it's warming up here a little bit. Sean's down in Miami. Gosh, yep. jealous. <laughs> Very jealous, but it's okay. How's Miami right now? Um, it's it's fully ripping, man. It's, it's <laughs> ripping. you don't say fully ripping. Been fully ripping since like the clubs reopened, and I want to say October mm-hmm. is when like the major like clubs like Space Treehouse, um, you know, reopened their doors, and then other smaller venues like followed suit after that. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, Miami's always sort of had the rep um, as being like a party party city. But yeah, I feel like now, especially during the pandemic, it's like the only place where people can come and like, you know, do, do this shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, see live DJs um, go out and like be on a dance floor. So it's, it's definitely been a unique place um, during the pandemic. Um, yeah, I feel like you just see random people like on Instagram that you're friends with pop up and all of a sudden they're in Miami. It's like everyone just <laughs> or Mecca to Miami. Yeah, or Tulum. Everyone yeah. and their mother. How are so many people going to Tulum? I don't understand yeah, murder that. murder there, bro. Do whatever. Who's, yeah. who's buying the plane ticket? Like who is, <laughs> who's, pay, who's like bankrolling all of this stuff is what I don't understand. Diplo. Yeah, Diplo. <laughs> That's awesome, though. You know what's really sad, uh, Sean, is last year was going to be my first year for Miami Music Week, and it was, like, right around now is oh, when COVID no. was kind of starting to, mm-hmm. like, hey, like, shit's getting really all, you know what I mean? We, we got to cut it out. And yeah. I was positive that the following year would happen. In fact, Winter Music Conference said, we'll refund. I think everybody thought it wouldn't last a year, but shit, here we are, and it, it should be Miami Music Week. It should be Winter Music Conference. It should be Ultra. But I'm glad, you know what? At the end of the day, man, the industry must go on and we have to thrive and it's state regulations. So like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think it just means that next year is going to be even. Oh yeah. Even bigger. 
Yeah, I feel like we're three kings of networking here, and that's like the 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 palace. That's like the Golden Gates, man. That's where everybody goes. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing, Devin. How's Delaware then, man? Because I know you you said before we got on air you were in New York, came down to Delaware. You've been there since COVID, so the past year or so. Yeah, yeah. So I my lease in in New York like ended in August, but like I spent most of of the summer here and. Um, like I was working from home. So like at the beach and stuff too. So Delaware is Delaware. I don't know if you've ever been, I don't live. I haven't been. The, uh, I didn't know people lived there. No. I thought it was like Rhode Island. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's exactly what everyone says. People are like, it's the beach. Right. And I'm like, I live way away from the beach at the, as far as away from you can get in Delaware. But um, I mean, it's fine. A lot of my friends from, from uh, around here, you know, ran into the same thing where they uh, ended up moving from wherever city they were from and and, and back to uh, Delaware. So it's been manageable. It's been fun. And then I still have a ton of friends in New York City. And like my girlfriend lives in New York City. So I'm back there all the time. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like I've fully left sometimes. Yeah, I know. Well, it's a great city, man. Like, like I said, I put my Yankees hat on for you guys. I got a real soft spot in my heart for uh, anyone on the East Coast, really New Yorkers. I got uh, two cousins that went to Temple. One just graduated. Another one's still there right now. Family in Philly. My mom's from Baltimore. I told you my dad's from Queens. Um, I love the East Coast. You've got some roots in New York. Yeah, so I do got a, some roots. Trans, transplant, or are you born and raised in Chicago actually, or Indiana? I was born in Los Angeles, actually. Uh, wow. And my parents met at uh, UCLA. They, my dad is a, a doctor. My mom's a nurse. And then about a year after I was born, we moved to Indiana, Zionsville, Indiana. It was about 7,000 people outside of Indianapolis. Not exactly a happening spot, but my dad is the type of New Yorker that was happy to kind of get out of the city and experience Los Angeles. And he still talks about it today, how much he loves his giant backyard. So if you guys, yeah. you wanted to know, uh, a beer in Chicago is about $10. A beer in Indianapolis is about five, same quality. So if you're looking for a deal, go down there. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, but um, I grew up in Indiana and then been in Chicago for the past six years now. So um, it, it's definitely the place for me. I love it here. But anytime I can get out to New York and anywhere on the East Coast, really, man, you guys just like, you're not cut from the same cloth. You just like are, are straight to it, but such good people. And um, yeah, I just, I, I love the East Coast, especially New York and New York City, guys. I mean, you guys cut your teeth in one of the hubs of electronic music in the entire world. I mean, everybody has heard of New York City, but to try and build your name up in a city like that and, and to see where you guys have come from and built an incredible brand and releasing all this music, it's just a great story. And I'm super pumped to dive into it right now. Let's do it. Let's do it. So let's start at the beginning though. I mean, when did you guys actually meet each other? Yeah, I don't, uh, who's, whose side of the story do you want to hear? We got two sides of the story? What? No, I, I um, <laughs> Uh, Sean and I both end up going to the same school for, for college. We both went to okay. Trinity, Trinity college in Connecticut. Yeah, I've heard. Absolutely. And good lacrosse. Yeah. Have a good lacrosse team there. Yeah. It's uh, good, good, good squash team. team. Good squash. Actually, team. I can't say I'm uh, a yeah, squash team, but I'm happy to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, we, we, um, we're both like, I think we met in club hockey. Like we both played hockey in high school and uh joe's tried both tried to join the club team but like to be honest i don't think we we're really big fans of each other until like maybe our junior or senior year like no I didn't way really, 
I didn't really like yeah. Sean like my freshman year at all. <laughs> he definitely got off to a shaky start. Yeah. Honestly, like I can't quite put my finger on what it was, but I think our freshman year, um, I might have said a couple things or I don't yeah, know. man. He said he I'm, said I'm, something I'm, to I'm me at a party. Him, like, God damn, Sean. At a party. He said uh, something to me at a party, and it it, it started a little, a little aggressiveness. And then after that, we just we were like frenemies for for a year or two. Oh my um, gosh! <laughs> but I I mean. Sean, I ended up joining this club that Sean was in. Um, I don't want to like hog the mic, Sean, but I ended up in this club that Sean was in and um, it planned the concerts. I'm going to give a better description of it. Yeah, it was um, like the Entertainment Activities Council on campus. So we would um, book all the, the live shows that we'd bring to campus. Um, okay. It was super cool. We yeah. Booked, like, this was back when like, no, you were into like Kygo and shit and Lewis the Child. I was gonna ask, what year was this? Uh, yeah, dude, it was uh, a 2016 or, or 2015. Kygo was like the, the big guy. Like, if you were in SoundCloud at all, like, you knew who Kygo was and everyone on college at that college. Like, remix to that fucking blew up on Isn't it funny, dude? You could get yeah. it on a world tour from a SoundCloud remix. Yeah. he was yeah kygo and the whole like tropical house wave was super big at that yeah. time um so we booked him one of the one of the years lewis the child another year but regardless it was it was just a cool um like committee to be a part of and Devin joined like the year after um i was there so we got got to know each other a little bit more um through that and we like found Devin out that we just like liked the same music. <laughs> yeah, we just, we just <laughs> like got that we were both, you know, into music. Um, two I guys with a love for the ox. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, we ended up joining different fraternities, but uh, we both DJed um, a good amount in college, whether it was just like controlling the ox or actually spinning at parties. Um, so just like as college went on, um, we got to know each other better and better. Um, like Devin mentioned, we also played club hockey together. Mm -hmm. So we saw yeah. a lot of each other and it was a small school. So we, it was hard to avoid each other at times. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that. Is it like like a small liberal, liberal arts school? From yeah, yeah. there's gotta be like 2000, yeah, under 2000 maybe. Yeah, my brother went to a college like that. It's it's a really interesting experience. I went to Indiana University where it's like 40,000 students, you know what I mean? And my brother went to DePaul University where it's like 2,500 students. And the first time I went there, you know, he was in a fraternity and I expected like nobody to be there because it was so small. But the fact, yeah, you run into each other. But the fact is, it feels like a big school with these frats and sororities, man. Yeah, yeah. You do run into the same people though. And like, I, I feel like Sean and I just couldn't avoid each other. Became, became tight, liked the same music, would send each other all tunes all the time. Um, and then like moved to New York um, after school mm -hmm. and naturally just ended up hanging out more. I mean, I feel like the whole thing started, um, like I had been producing a lot in school but it was all um like tropical house and future bass music mm -hmm. um, I think that was, point. absolutely 
that was kind of my jam. Like I had done a lot of hip hop when I was in high school. And then I came to college and was like, wow, this what's electronic music. Like, this is awesome. Um, and so you were uh, hip hop beats. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, I used to produce, um, like I used to sample records and all that, the old stuff. I had a machine. It's somewhere around here. Yeah. All the way over there. You know, like the, so, the beat pad machine. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I have one of those. Yeah, too. for sure. That, that was my thing. I, I, uh, I had like a buddy introduce me to, um, Wu-Tang Clan and like DJ Premier and Gangstar nice. back when I was 14 and um, was like, I need to get, I need to make the beats. I need to make these beats. I need, <laughs> how are they sampling these records? Um, yeah. All of that stuff. And so I've, I had logic for forever, but then like, yeah, came to college, got into electronic music, met Sean. And I feel like that's when I got into house music. Sean, Sean was producing? always. Were, were you producing as well? Um, I had, I had dabbled a little bit in like Garage Band. Obviously, I feel like everyone right Garage Band um, in high school, a little bit with Logic. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't really play around with it much in college. I was mostly DJing in college. Um, yeah, of course, it's so hard to focus. As I didn't think I need to produce in college. You just want to party and DJ, right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. At least, sure. yeah. <laughs> um, but I'd always sort of been more into electronic music, like even further back, like into high school. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and at Trinity, like there was a pretty, you know, people for the most part, like at parties, um, you could hear a lot of like Deep House, um, like UK, like commercial Deep House was like super big. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, got bigger in popularity as college went on for us mm-hmm. so like I feel like by the time we graduated which is like around when pool house like started um that's like primarily what we were listening to mm-hmm. and yeah I, the, the the I was trying to get to like the the point of like I I had I had been producing that tropical house separately and then when I met Sean so like as we got to know each other and figure out like we both liked electronic music sean like pushed house i guess more on on to me like he was like sending me house tunes sending me like like tom budin and like Mm. i feel like those were those were the kind of artists that were big at that time like tom tom budin sunburn that kind of deep house yeah kind of bridging the gap as well from like pop it's like pop deep house right Exactly. Yeah, poppy, deep yeah. house, like like a little future house, like mixed in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was like super big uh, during that time frame. It um, was nuts. But you were genuinely into that, Sean. Like it wasn't just like a, a trend. Like you really loved that, and then you ended up exposing Devin's love for it. And here we are now. Yeah, I shoved that shit down Devin's throat. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right. That's and that's um. Uh, I feel like that kind of gets to like how we like started Pool House though. Like moved to New York, and I had been producing this stuff. I'd started to try to make some of this stuff that Sean was sending to me, like this more UK inspired house. Okay, so still friends um, at feel, this point, right? Just not- still friends at this point, right? Yeah, and um. Dude, I was on the way to Izu with with our friend Zach, mm-hmm. and I texted Sean like, "Hey man, 
I've made a couple of house songs and I want you to hear them because like, I know this is the kind of stuff that you like and mm. um, I want you to like, tell me what you think. And I sent them to him and like, I like, if you, if we listen back to them, I'm sure now I'd be like, these were shit. Like these are awful. <laughs> and Sean's always, like, man, yeah. She was like, yo, these are kind of sick. Like I really, like, I really fuck with this one. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, well, would you want to like do this with me? And like, we can make house music together because I don't know a ton about it. You do. I really love it. I want to learn more. Um, and like, I've been making music, but like, I don't know anything about, about this genre. And like, from there, I feel like we sat, we sat on a few tunes for like months. So what year? I I don't, that was like, that was right after we graduated. It would have been like summer of 2017. Summer of 2017. So I'd say like before, like the big, like, you know, like Fisher, like, chris lake tech house boom yeah of 2018 right um so yeah right before them that's awesome so that's kind of how it all came together i mean you guys it was kind of already just like channeling towards you guys forming a duo right did you guys actually like after Devin? after you sent that to him did you guys get in the studio together or did you keep kind of just like aligning on track sending stems or did you finally meet in person and was like all right, we got to do this. Or what's the story when you finally so, decided? I feel like at the time, um, Sean was in Connecticut, right? Yeah, I was living so, in the city. Yeah. And so like things weren't really like, we were still like uh, testing out like what kind of stuff to make. So it was yeah. a lot of um, like me working in New York and sending things to him and then like reworking stuff and then sometimes like on the on the weekends when when i didn't have work and sean wasn't doing anything um like he would come in and we would work on stuff and my i had a studio apartment at the time like sit in my studio apartment and work on stuff (laughs) for like two days straight um so that was kind of the dynamic for a while and like honestly pretty much through um through 2018 i feel until Sean ended up moving to New York around then. Yeah. And then it was much easier from there because you could like pop pop into my apartment on a weeknight and like get down to business and like work. But it's awesome. Yeah. Sean, what was the what was the perspective for you at that point? Like someone who kind of was already in the in the house realm, you were DJing. I mean, Devin, of course, was having his own success just in regards to DJing and, and producing, what about from your perspective? What was it like to be like, all right, Devin sending me music. This guy has got a passion for it. Did you feel like you want to take the jump or are you hesitant? Oh yeah. I was, I was all in. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Like as someone who um, really liked the music and DJing, um, I just thought this was like the, the natural next step to just like start making music. Mm-hmm. And I felt like he was like the ideal partner. He had a, pretty damn good like background in logic um i know you guys are in logic still yeah we both still use logic man yeah are you logic the logics (laughs) i'm too adapted to it man i know are we all apple guys here too then i can only assume yeah yeah (laughs) okay it sounds good glad we got that over with that's awesome though that's yeah i was i was i was fucking stoked about this um i still am I've, I haven't lost any of the, you know, 
interests or passion. Yes, I'm fucking. Let's go, baby. Yes. Yeah. So 2017, you guys come together. What? Well, I guess before we even get into when you first started leading music, Pool House, great name. I don't have to tell you that. You guys know it's a great name. How did that name come together? Really? Yeah, I love it. I, I I've been a little uh, on the name. Uh, I think it's a vibe, but dude. I, I have a feeling when you read it. True. True. I'll let Sean tell the story because I don't quite remember it. I all right. So full disclosure, I fully came up with the name. <laughs> okay. Um, I just thought it was. I feel like at the time, um, you know, like the stuff we were making, uh, like this sort of commercially sounding like deep house uh, vibe was very like. It evoked like summer, um, you know, pool poolside, yeah, pool party vibes. So I just thought, um, you know, pool, mm-hmm. house, like house music, but <laughs> yeah. maybe spell it like, you know, and like they do in Germany. Yeah, um, very scientific uh, equation right now. Yeah, exactly, and <laughs> um, make it one word because I feel like one word DJ names um you know hit in a in a, in a special way mm-hmm. and i just thought it was something that like would stand out on a lineup or like a flyer um yeah absolutely. i feel like that's the biggest thing yeah i think that 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 you know when it comes down to it that's the biggest thing something that you know people will remember um and be able to associate um, i think it's a great music name with, so thank that you it calms your nerves at all i i think no a great name like Sean's last point of like it sticks out on a flyer has been my like saving grace with the name um because I I know that like there's been like especially when you're playing in New York and you're playing on like at a a bunch of different clubs but you're the same people are still coming to the shows and so like Mm -hmm. they're gonna remember if the openers named something specific so like yeah and it has people have like come up to us like oh I saw you at you know, whatever, a few mm-hmm. months ago. I remember you guys, so. Yeah, and I think even if, like, our sound and, like, you know, sound identities change, which definitely has from, like, the early days, mm-hmm. um, I still think the name is is tight. I think it it's something that people uh, remember, and I think that's, at the end of the day, all that really matters. Like, why did Camel Fat name themselves Camel Fat? Yeah. So true. True. Been up a lot lately in the in the podcast, and I feel like actually in like media, DJ Snake wasn't so happy with his name, but then he actually got big off it and was like, "All right, fuck it, whatever, it's it's working." There are lots of people. Yeah. I think if I see the name Pool House, I'm literally thinking, "All right, I'm listening to the house music by the pool," and that's a vibe, and that's a it's a good name to remember. Uh, and no matter no matter the scope of your guys' music, it can all be played poolside, boys. That's that I will tell you. That's for sure. <laughs> Might be an after party uh, in Miami maybe at a, night yeah, maybe at by 3 a.m. <laughs> Depending on which track we're playing. But, I mean, gosh, I actually really, I really like you guys. And, if, you know, it's funny. I remember when I first started following Deep Root, this was like 2018 or something. You guys were playing some shows with Francis, I think. I can't exactly remember but I saw you and I've been following you for a long time, actually, like since then, because you guys were playing at this legit club and 
um, you know, I guess three years ago at this point, like I was still trying to figure out different scenes in different cities and who to interview and, and who was, who was making a name for themselves. So tip of the hat to you boys. You've been, you've been hustling for a few years. That's now. awesome. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Appreciate that. You got an LED yeah. screen behind you. You know, you've, you've made it to a certain level, right? Are you, are you talking about the, the show at Marquee with Francis? Maybe. I think it was, a, it seemed kind of like a, it wasn't, did you open for him there at his headline show? Yeah. Uh, was yeah. that summer of 2019? It was before uh, then. It was definitely yes. before then. All right. Well, okay. Yeah. Because Deep yeah. Root did um, hold a, a showcase at Marquee and he was the headliner and we were direct support right before him. So casual. Fucking Marquee. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was. <laughs> Dude, uh, that, there, yeah, I can't have a better night at Marquee. I can't go back there after that now. I'm like, yeah. I can't top that night. So we talked about that show when I interviewed him. And I just think that's so cool. Like when you're a local in a city, right. And you get an opportunity, whether it's a headline show, support spot, people could choose to go to a million different things. It happens in Chicago all the time. New York, you probably got a hundred more options, but it's just mm -hmm. so cool. The brand that Francis has developed, the following that he's got, the opportunities he's given to up and comers like you, I think is what makes labels like Deep Root so special. So I mean, you yeah. guys deserve that spot, man. And, and that's awesome. I can't, I'm going to ask about that show because Marquis like huge, dude. That's where like Zed plays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's it, it, was, it was definitely cool. Um, definitely. Yeah. We love the deep root guys. So. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, I'm sure another, uh, I'm sure you'll, you'll want to get to that, but <laughs> we, owe, we owe a ton to, uh, guys honestly like, francis kyle ajamu they're all like the first the first the homies event, the first event yeah. played in new york uh were deep root events and yeah uh, yeah we yeah they were pretty instrumental in like helping us break into the scene yeah well they're absolutely who have been through their own their own obstacles as well and i think when they see talent and they see people hustling it's pretty obvious to them i try and do that in chicago as much as i can too so i resonate with what they're doing and you know, they don't give opportunities to people that aren't working for it, guys. And and it's obviously based upon your music. And 2017 to 2018, you guys were in the studio, clearly. 2019, music started coming around. Did you release anything before 2019? Or that was your first release, right? Um, I, Nothing that was like on a, what you would find on a label or Spotify, I don't think. I, we had a lot SoundCloud, of you guys had all your releases on soundcloud you know i used that as a reference point and i double confirmed on spotify what sort of, sort of release it was told you investigative journalist man love it um we, we <laughs> definitely had a lot of soundcloud releases before then yeah we we put out a lot put out a bunch of, of tracks on soundcloud um a lot of which used samples illegally um, <laughs> yeah uh, we were just we were just playing around and um a lot of a lot of the tracks actually like got a ton of traction mm -hmm. yeah they're big. our most played tracks yeah our most played tracks even to this <laughs> day um you never know what's gonna work soundcloud is, is a beast in and of itself and it's funny because soundcloud at first i feel like until apple music and spotify really made their mark it was kind of the 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 avid electronic music listeners space go for mixes that's why it was huge find remixes all that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. edits, whatever. So, I mean, no surprises you guys found success on SoundCloud. So 2018 was your year of first releases, right? For sure, yeah. I think we released a, a ton of music on SoundCloud then. 
Um, but then I feel like there's almost the seal of approval where you're like, I need to, I need to be on Spotify. I have like friends asking me, where can I hear, <laughs> where can I hear your stuff? And yeah. you can't say like, well, do you have a, do you have a SoundCloud? Um, because I feel like the people who live on SoundCloud are like college kids and other DJs. Like that's essentially what it is. So it's not the market share. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. We had to, had to figure out like how do we get on Spotify and I honestly think our, our first Spotify tune was a remix for Francis. It was. Yeah. Treat me like a yeah. lady. Yes. Yes. Treat me like that a lady. A Great special track. place in my heart. Oh, it is a good, it is a good track, boys. And it's so cool because I want I want to go into more questions here, but it's really cool because you guys' Devault remix that you just released sort of has a lot of different sort of structures and foundations and elements as that remix. And I don't know if you guys do remixes in a certain way, but I definitely heard some similarities. Yeah. Someone might have a soft spot for melodic house. Yeah. (laughs) And it comes out when there's, (laughs) when there's some vocals involved. Yeah. I think for those two remixes, we just found that going the melodic route worked best. Powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. Deserve deserve some sort of energy behind them rather than just a rolling baseline, for lack of a better phrase, right? Exactly. Exactly, yeah. And uh, I feel like um, like it, it just sometimes works, but like you try a bunch of different, I'm sure you know, like you try a bunch of different versions of something. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, you try to some make some techie and some other in other ways, and, and it's just like what sticks and, and what sounds the best, so. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you got to experiment with it, but before Treat Me Like a Lady, we got we got to bring up this EP, the Feel Your Body EP, guys. Oh, shit. Oh, oh shit. right. Yeah, come on. We're going back. Now, yeah. this is a great EP. We got Feel Your Body and Brooklyn Bullshit, released on 3000 Deep, which is a subsidiary of uh, 3000 what? Something else. 2000 Deep, uh, I think. Yeah, but a reputable label. A reputable label to have you guys. For, this was your first label release, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, Quite the accolade. And it's a really cool track because it's got this, like, I don't know if you guys have heard of Gallo. He just released on Hood Politics, but kind of this G-Tech, G-tech yeah. vibe. Because you guys have this G, G-House, like, lead, but it has so many tech house elements. And you even have some deep and melodic house with it. I mean, you did a great job in the FX in these two tracks. Of course, the vocal chopping. You know Brooklyn bullshit, man. Like, Notorious B.I.G. throws... Show some fucking love. I loved that. But it was really cool because, I mean, compared to some of your SoundCloud tracks, like, you guys, you stepped it up. And that's why this label signed it. What was it like for you guys in the studio producing this? Did you say, we got to get a label release, let's take it up a level? Or was this kind of in the vault and you just made connections? So I, I, we had the A side, that Feel Your Body. Mm-hmm. And Sean, what was that song that you had sent, you sent me around that time? that I was obsessed with. <laughs> Bro, I, I think no fucking idea. I think it was a Will I think it was a Will Easton song. It uh-huh. might have been a Will Easton song. Yeah. And I mean the that feel your body sounds nothing like Will Easton, but if you like listen to it, he's got these crazy like harmonies and chords going throughout the whole thing. And so I feel like I laid like we laid down those chords and um 
we just wanted to make the drop sound nothing like it. We're like, this needs to be a tech house drop. Yep. I, we, we looked back at an old description of what we called ourselves from back then, like recently. And, and like in 2018, we were calling ourselves a G house duo. This was a pretty so, much, that's what I'm saying. It was G house, but with yeah. a lot of tech house elements, which is a big foundation of your guys tracks now. Um, yeah. I feel yeah. like around that point, um, when we put those two tracks out in that EP, I don't know if we were like getting a little over like the vibe that we were we had been making up to that point. I think we just wanted to experiment, and I think um, our taste our taste in music was just evolving, and yep. wanted to push the boundary a little bit. Yeah, it, yeah, it kind of sucked that we we couldn't play any of our songs at shows like we didn't have any of our own songs at that time that fit with like what we were throwing in mixes right so it was like well we gotta we gotta make things that fit with the rest of the stuff that we're playing okay um, so yeah i feel like we had that feel you we had that feel your body demo and then um we went to we played a show at uva shout out to local singles uh I, there's the great college had one of my best friends went there great party scene so the, there's this duo that i'm sure you're gonna hear singles uh yeah you're gonna hear a lot about them this year yeah but yeah. oh yes um, but uh one half of them yeah sean you got it yeah one half of uh this duo we, we know both of them very well but uh this kid zach he had us play his frat party at UVA um, and I think it was the first like show that we tested out Feel Your Body and it was yeah. it was um. it was party <laughs> it was it was it was insanity um, it was a great time great time great time but Thanks as soon as we for the, for the booking yeah exactly <laughs> as soon as we flew back though uh, we stopped in my apartment and made that that b-side which is the broken bullshit okay and i think after that like mixed it the next week and then started sending it out to labels i don't know a 3000 deep might have been our first one i feel like we sent things to like a couple uh, i take it back we sent it to insomniac and got a swift no <laughs> <laughs> at least he got a response <laughs> i know yeah, yeah that's I think true we had to shoot our shot there um <laughs> yep but uh yeah it- <laughs> it felt great to like obviously get an ep signed to like a label even though i don't think it even came out on bport i think it was just uh streaming yeah but still it still felt great to like get that recognition yeah um a little bit of knowledge totally. goes a long way for yeah sure. seriously yeah because i mean you're for it's finally the point where like not just like your inner circle your friends family and, and whoever else might repost it on soundcloud it's like the validation of a professional label that runs a business says we like your music we're going to take a chance on it right there's there's another yeah. level there now there are lots of different sizes of labels and, and qualities and professionalism um 3000 deep legit guys so that was that was a big moment for you and then we come into this treat me like a lady remix was this before we talk about the track was this your guys first exposure to deep root or how did you meet francis like how did this even come about um a a jam do you know who Jamu is? Who doesn't know a Jamu? The fucking yeah. king of New York. <laughs> Shout exactly. out. <laughs> Shout um, out to Jamu. A Jamu was was 
starting up like this party on Thursday nights um, called like, I don't know if it was, oh, it was common ground Thursdays. It's common grounds, this um, yeah. bar, bar and meat packing, like bar kind of club thing and meat packing. Uh-huh. Um, and he hit us up on Instagram and was like, Hey, would you guys want to play um, at one of these upcoming common ground Thursdays? And like, that was when we first had, you know, had any contact with Deep Root. I think we were following that, that was, all of that was them. Our introduction, um, yeah. Other than like just following them on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Um, and when there might have, you know, heard one of our tracks on SoundCloud or something. Yeah. I'm not really sure. To, yeah. They reached out to us. And um, yeah, we've been super close with them ever since. And we got that opportunity to remix Francis. I think that was summer of 2018. It was in May 2019. Maybe. That's when it came out. But he, uh, when we met them at that show, he was like, "Hey, would you guys want to remix one of my <laughs> things?" And then they followed up in an email. They're like, "Which one do you want?" It was like, "Treat me like a lady," or um, he had another single that had just come out too that mm-hmm. was of the similar vein. And we're like, "Let's do Treat Me Like a Lady," and he sent it over. And I think it was yeah, it was like a, five months until then the whole remix pack ended up coming out. But that's awesome though. Jeez, talk about networking. And Sean, you're you're, I mean, heavily involved in the label, man. I've been a, in a WhatsApp group with one of the artists I manage, Sansis. When did you like become part of the team? Um, last summer, I I joined the AR team. And it was definitely like a, a full circle moment. Um, yeah. Joined the team in a certain capacity. Um, I've always been close with the guys there. Uh, Kyle James, shout out to him. The label oh, yeah, manager. Kyle's a great guy, man um francis ajamu uh walter everyone else um they've always been super like good to us um they've had us play shows um they've always supported our music mm-hmm. uh, it just it was it felt like a good like logical it, it just made sense to to join the team um in some capacity or just like to be involved and um Absolutely. it was like july or started talking to them about doing it last july I think I joined officially in August, joined the A&R team. Um, but it's, it's been great. Um, from a, just like from a networking perspective, like I have, Devin and I have built up, um, you know, a solid n- number of contacts through Pool House. Yeah. Um, so that's been, you know, it's, it's made the, the transition into A&R easier, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And um, I've also made some connections through doing A&R that, you know, conversely, I think will pay off for us as pool house. Um, so it's been, it's been a learning experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Francis can be a tough cookie. Don't we I, know it? Perfectionist yeah, to say the least, but like proving nobody likes and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, but it, I, you know, I had nothing but good things to say about the experience thus far. And I think I'll continue to do it. And, uh, mm-hmm. The label, like the music side of the label is like doing great things right now. Yeah, man. Um, signing some great talent. Yeah. Um, super hyped for, for the future. So I think those honestly, two chapter and first tracks, dude. And it's and incredible. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. Like I, in my opinion, I interview a lot of people, right. That are releasing on labels and, and been on labels and our label heads, whatever it might be. And the hustle that I see from Deep Root Records, 
Rossum Records, Hood Politics, and also Wildcard, Vanilla Ace. Shout out Vanilla Ace. Mm-hmm. You guys are the are the next the next thing. I'm confident of that. Just because of the effort that is put in and the people involved behind the scenes. So major props to Deep Root. They come up all the time. Um, and the best thing about them, and just like all these other labels I just mentioned, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. It doesn't matter like what your reputability is or what your, your connections are. Is Are you producing good music? And is this something that we want to release on the label? If the answer is yes and yes, then you're in. And I think that's what's so special and what is lost a lot in major labels and bigger labels that were once deep roots. So it's just, it's so special to see labels like that really grow, man. So props to you guys on that. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it, man. I actually forgot that you had uh, interviewed Francis. Yeah. uh, Sometime during the pandemic. I don't really know what happened during that course of that year timeline was, but sometime there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, man. They're, they're, they're great. Uh, we have we have a couple projects upcoming with them um, that we're excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, from from an A and R standpoint, a lot going on. Um, I'm super busy, um, so it's been great. Yeah, fuck yeah, bro. Keep going. Massive props to Deep Root. So we got We got to ask about these guys. Harder, deeper, and lay down. Let's just let's just bundle it together here on Syrup, based out of Switzerland. Another very reputable label, guys. I don't, what the hell, man? Like, Switzerland's number one, like, electronic music label. I'm like, Pool House knows what the fuck they're doing, man. You guys make the concerted effort. You produce the great music. But what was so cool about these tracks is, once again, different than Feel Your Body and Brooklyn Bullshit, certainly different than Treat Me Like a Lady. And you know what was so funny about these tracks? Not even funny, but, like, I laughed because I was like, these are so Euro. These tracks are so fucking Euro. These guys should be headlining a festival in Romania or something. I could be uh, more that they sound Euro as fuck. Yeah. They are. It's, I mean, no surprises. They took them. I don't even I think we were going our, through. Oh, went into our heads at that time. Yeah, I think we were having like an existential crisis of like, what, I like what are we doing? I really do. It just is not, it was just so different. Like when I was running through your tracks, I was like, okay, like, this cover looks super Euro. This is probably a Euro track. I like them. I really do. Both very playable and both very different too. Euro in their own way. It just goes to show like the depth of European styles of electronic music, but I really like these tracks, but I want to hear the backstory. Dude, that was such a, the, the story of getting it signed, like was on a whim that we went, that it ended up at Syrup. Sean, really? I feel like, was it, I, I don't know what yeah. he did. I think uh, we used this this platform, actually. Um, was it, it wasn't Submit Hub, was it? Was it Submit Hub? Like an earlier, like- an earlier iteration of Submit Hub. Mm-hmm. But we used this platform that basically allows you to submit music, um, submit demos to labels, and um, like certain labels will have their pages, um, set up on the, on the platform and it was the only like after, after doing like a bunch of research uh it was the only one that really seemed like you know it was worth our time to to shoot our shot for and uh yeah it was two for two they, they took both. Yeah. for two it was yeah and i don't know when those i don't know when those came out but they it was like months after we i mean as most songs are like months after 
after you made them. I honestly think we made it around the same time as Treat Me Like a Lady, at least mm-hmm. Lay Down or not Lay Down, um, Harder Deeper was like the same time as Treat Me Like a Lady in terms mm-hmm. of like when we were actually sitting down and making it, mm-hmm. which is why I, th- I think it's like still a bit melodic like that. Yeah. Um, Cause I think we were going through some shit. Sean was, Sean was, you know, maybe pushing too much melodic house onto us. <laughs> he's, he's the, wow. it, it, when you talk about A&R, Impossible. which is like funny that Sean's on Deep Root A&R because like, he's good at finding, he's really good at finding new music and like finding new artists. And like we said before, like he would send me all this music that I hadn't heard before. And so like that happens now is like, he is, um, like almost like A and R of of us. I feel like he he like sends a lot of tunes mm-hmm. our way. Like to we have a like a group obviously with him and our manager, and he's like, right. like, hey, like this song's hot. Have you heard this song? This was the best song to come out. And I honestly feel at that time he must have been on a melodic kick. <laughs> honestly, I don't remember, but it's super possible. Yeah, it must have been like. I think we were just going through a phase, man. We were going through a phase. We were going to too many Brooklyn Mirage shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Too many like, too many late night afters where there's like melodic house playing, and we decide we get inspired or something. I don't know. I get it. It was. It's a. It was a little. It's a. It's a dip in like, from house, and then it goes to this weird melodic stuff, and then like now it's more tech house. But I mean, like you said, I guess we we jump back to it later but yeah i mean you guys kind of defy defy like what a, a path is supposed to be i uh i can't even remember who i said this to but i'm i'm feeling that vibe from you guys again like you guys are like a highway but it's the autobahn and it just depends what fucking lane you're in right are we like far left with some fucking driving tech house like we've heard like in b-side speaking of on kobu records that, that's far left lane we're going fast boys and sometimes like harder deeper and laid down is like far right middle lane and i think it's just it's all part of the story and it's really interesting because i do hear a lot of those melodic elements in some of these remixes that you guys have done so i i like the tracks be proud of those motherfuckers and to be released on an international label get that sort of exposure to be guys from the east coast and releasing on a european label they're giving you guys exposure to an entirely different market right like it's no secret that even within Europe and then Eastern Europe, it's crazy, right? But you got, it was minimal, but has a lot of texture to it. So I really like these tracks for real. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah it, it was cool. Uh, EDX actually uh, played out. There we go. It was Harder Deeper in one of his radio shows. So that was like our first taste of like, you know, big yeah. international name playing one of our tracks, like giving support. Um, to one of our tracks like on the radio so that that was awesome for us. um i completely forgot about very that, edx yeah. vibes that's like the that's like it was like on the tip of my tongue i was like i don't know who this is a sound for but it's exactly that but well, i, love he, I think he is actually like the the artist head of syrup yeah, yeah. syrup or, or, does or like called in some way um it's like the syrup parent and like all those people who are on it I forget what the label is called, but like Nora and Pure and Croatia Squad. And there's like all these different enormous tunes, like that's Mm. them. And so like, I forget what we were on. Pink Star is one of their like more 
melodically yeah. imprints. Um, yeah. But it's all under EDX, I'm pretty sure. It's such a different world. But you defied the odds again and literally went outside the box. But B-side, this is my shit, guys. This is like, this is like the shit that I fucking love. Kobe Records. And we finally get your first taste of the Bull House Tech House vibe. That's what I was talking about, 3 a.m. Miami. That's what I'm playing here poolside is, is this track. This one I think is really cool because we get a rolling bass line. We get dirty percussion, catchy vocals. I mean, I'm thinking you guys went to an underground party and then came out inspired after this. I don't know if you went from the melodic party and then you went to an even late, even after. I mean, I know New York is. It never stops there. But tell me about when, this one because it was, you. I mean, every track in 2019, guys, totally different. I yeah. think it comes down to... We went to Ultra. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, makes there. sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I took Devin to Ultra um and this was the so this was the year it was on um uh virginia key and mm -hmm. basically spent the entire we only did one day but we spent the entire day on resistance island uh which is why go anywhere else resistance exactly. is like just the house and techno mecca um so i think we were super super inspired after that um you know we saw Jamie Jones, back to back, Joseph Capriati, like oh. Carl Cox, Camel Fat and Stellardo. Yeah. So like, I'm pretty sure we stumbled into like a solid grooves tent. Yeah. Um, unknowingly, like it, it was just like <laughs> super eye opening yeah. for both of us. But I feel like especially for Devin because he was, you know. I, I, I don't think I'd ever really. Uh, I mean, of course, like Sean and I would go to shows in New York and stuff, but never really experienced like tech house, like Solardo tech stage. house and like on such a massive stage like that. Yeah. And um, I remember turning to Sean at one point and be like, holy cow, like, like <laughs> this music is amazing. Like, oh my God. Um, yeah. So I feel like uh, from there, like we came back and it was you know, we want, we want fat subby bass lines. Um, you know, we want crazy percussion. Uh, we want these like obscure vocal samples that, that come in and out. Like that's, that was our jam afterwards. Yeah. I think it just comes down to like what we were super um, inspired by and listening to at the time. So mm -hmm. I think that's why B-side was the next one yeah that's so funny you guys told that story i haven't i actually have not been to ultra like i like i said I've never been to miami but i had that same experience um loved tech house you know i had been to some parties in chicago a club or whatever it was but i went to cross festival in san diego you guys heard of that festival i've heard of cross yeah the great thing about cross so sick you guys gotta go but it was the first time i had really heard like i mean solardo i had it wasn't solardo but it was that style rolling bass lines and hearing that shit on a fucking proper outdoor sound system that has to be heard by 5,000 or more people, you, I remember being like, what the fuck is this? I haven't heard music in this form ever. And the same thing happened to me, guys. Started, I was making, you know, deep, deep house, whatever, uh, that really simple, deep pluck house, you know, the boop, 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 whatever, right? No, no shame on that. Yeah, exactly. I released the music, you know what I mean? It's still out there in the world. But I came back and I was like, how do I make these gritty bass lines? Where are they getting these samples from? 
what is so special about this music? And on that point, guys, like 2019 ends, right? You've released music, all different music, like I said. Did you guys kind of have a moment in the studio where you were like, okay, like we're going to take it to the next level here? Or were you just continuously getting better? What processes had changed from a music production perspective? And we'll start with Sean. Oh, I think like the production has, you know, raised its level every single release you've put out. Yeah, I agree. I sure. think it's pretty, you know, pretty clear just from listening back on stuff. Um, and I think just, the, you know, the process of working together, Devin and I, mm -hmm. um, sort of figuring out the balance between um, just like, you know, workflow and um, getting to know each other better, um, how we work. And I think just, uh, everything you know, getting super, yeah, getting more efficient, um, stuff of that nature, just things that you pick up on from putting out music and, and coming up with how, not putting out music, but just making as much, you know, music as, as you can. We made a lot of music that year, like a lot. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of like whips lying around the graveyard, baby. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What about your perspective? Devin? I, I mean, in the studio, what changed for you guys? I think that was a lot of trial and error. It was like figuring out, um, you know, learning some new synths. Um, it was like a big time of learning in terms of like mixing wise, uh, mm -hmm. for us. Um, like the, the guy who runs Kobo, Kobu, um, this, this guy, Solomon, um, Losh, mm -hmm. Sean actually like met randomly at a, at a party somewhere in Brooklyn and, and we ended up hanging out with him. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where we like played him B side and he was like, I want this, but then, um, some of our later tracks, like we learned some stuff from him. He showed us some, some like new techniques to go through. And, um, there you go. and I, I think it was just a lot of like figuring, figuring out our plugins, figuring out our, our like soft sense and, and learning how to make those things more unique. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of not just fall into like the same, try try not to fall into the same line as like all the other music that that was coming out i guess you run to a thing where you're like oh uh, um i'm trying out a new genre but you almost sound like the most generic part of the genre so i feel like there was yeah. a period of time for us after that song where we were like making a lot of stuff but not making a lot of stuff that that we thought would stand out just because it, it was kind of a new genre for us when you like get away from that melodic stuff and the deep stuff and it's more into this tacky stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot of learning. Yeah. It's a whole, it's a whole other thing. Like, especially in logic too. Right. Can you remember back to like some of the first times you open logic and you're like, what do I, what do I do? How do I put anything in here? Like, and then you sit with someone, I don't know if you guys, I was going to ask if you, if you had any mentors during this time and it seems like you kind of did, right. You got to get in the studio whether they're in logic or not, and kind of see how a workflow process works. I feel that for myself personally, at least, I'm a visual learner and I like to kind of sit shotgun and watch and watch people do their thing and ask questions and learn. And it's just so much different. And I, I envy in some ways that you guys are a duo because there are days when one person's going to be more creative than the other or 
when one person has a certain idea that they heard from something. And, and I think that's what's so cool. I guess on that note, as a question for a duo, is one of you like have a role in the production ring, like makes the bass lines or makes the percussion or finds the vocals or what's kind of your guys' relationship in that regard? I would say from like a technical standpoint and like um, mastery of, of the DAW of, of logic, Devin yeah. is the brains. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm still learning. I, I definitely still learning. Um, and I've, I'd say like, I'm pretty good at coming up with ideas and I've, I've definitely sent Devin some like workable ideas, um, sent him some stems of, you know, of doodles I've come up with, um, that I think could, could play. Um, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, so I, I still have a lot of work to do on my own and like mastering logic and getting fluid in that language. But um, from like an ideas standpoint, um, I feel like I have a lot to contribute. And um, if Devin sends me something, I'll send him back, you know, a bunch of bunch of ideas, things I think would work. Yeah, love that. Feedback, constructive feedback. Um, I, I think it's it's gone pretty well thus far and um you know we know how each other you know work and um i think it's a good it's a good duo relationship i don't know if Devin agrees but i think it works <laughs> it, it was uh it was a lot easier for us when we were in the same place to be like collaborating on the same thing yeah um being in the same room i think because that just like because I, i've been working on logic much longer and know it a bit more um it was easy for us to get in the same room and like talk out and like play things out and test them out what works this works this doesn't work do we like this um and then kind of like the more technical side i would do a lot of the mixing just as we went on the back end mm -hmm. and i feel like now that we're in quarantine it's a bit harder um because yeah, like course. we have to go back with like whips or i don't know if you've used audio driver like we've had a lot of audio oh, driver yeah. nights audio where, audio movers that's what it is right like, right i know what you're talking about um we're we're technically sitting like we're on the phone with each other and like both <laughs> listening to the same stuff yeah uh, um, and going through it that way but it, it's gotten a lot harder in the last almost year almost there yeah to um to be in the same place and workshop things so the process has changed a bit but um like sean um like he said, like it's, it's, he's bouncing all these, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good way to put it of like, like he's the spark to your flame almost. Yeah. And he kind of like reels us, in, <laughs> reels us in or like, is the, <laughs> the, is a, a subconscious sometimes? As, like, no, no, not, not a good idea. Well, I, I like, I think recently, like I made this, I made this song and I was so jazzed about it. Like <laughs> I was probably up, all, I was probably up all night, like working on it, and I sent it. I like bounced it out, did like a quick self master, and I sent it to Sean. Oh. And I wake up in the morning, and he's like, "I'm not really feeling this one." <laughs> he's like, "We got a tough job." He sent it to me before I went to bed. He's like, "I'm not really feeling this," and I'm like upset. I'm like, "Dude, I just worked like six hours on this." <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me, man? Whatever. I'm going to bed. Yeah. And then like I wake up in the morning. I'm like, "Yeah, man, you're right. This is this is kind of garbage." So <laughs> late night sessions, I understand though. I just think like having two um two sets of ears is better than one. And yep. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, especially when always one person on knows. Seven. And yeah, I feel like it from that standpoint, it's it's been a good working relationship. But uh definitely was was easier when we were both, you know, in the same city. Um yeah. could could get in the same room, work on stuff, both listen yeah. to the same thing. Um so we're, we're, we're managing to, well. Yeah. Hey, you guys are overcoming though, man. I mean you said 2020, you guys kind of separated ge- geographically. It was still a really, really big year for you. I mean, biggest year ever, obviously. Like, things have been going super well. Some big label releases. We talked about our homie Tom Greco. Greco of Rawsome Records, Spira, Rawsome Deep. Guys on absolute terror right now to take over the industry. But yes. bring everybody along with him. That's the difference between him and most people. I love this track on Spira, guys. Freak um and it was really cool because i i hadn't heard this in a while and when i was rolling through everything else kind of in chronological order and, and i wanted to ask you these that question about how you guys kind of graduated in my eyes as a, as a producer duo this track has it all i mean it is well ma- it is perfectly mastered it is so catchy it is entertaining it is versatile it is something that i call in chicago open format house that you can play it at a, at a regular place where girls might say, if you're playing instrumental tech house, what the fuck is this? But if you play Freak by Pool House, you can get away with murder. And that's why I love Spira because it, it really, it tiptoes that line of like, I mean, not pop deep house, but pop tech house. So I really like this guys. And it was obviously a new direction in, in some format. And it was a graduation on B-side on Kobu. I want to ask because... Uh, it's a really great track how did you choose the vocal how'd you get in touch with greco what's the whole story behind this one well i i will say that devin has an affinity towards uh 90s and early 2000s r&b yes yep yeah he so does we have we have sampled a bunch of that um stuff in in past in past tracks that and... you big missy elliott guy then <laughs> i dude i'm <laughs> so I, it's not cool to say it anymore, but I was a big R. Kelly guy. Yeah, big not R. cool to say Kelly, <laughs> not cool to say it. Um, like Usher, I had like all of like every single song that Nelly made ever. Yeah, I feel you, bro. Um, so just cut that like <laughs> yeah, that whole genre was big for me. But um, yeah, not uh, a little bit of a Missy Elliott. That vocal is just awesome. And then plus you have that that so little guitar sample where it's like yeah. Yeah, that was one of the last tracks that we were able to to make together in New York, I think. Oh, so this one was still in person? That and um, I I have no idea when that came out, but that one I think was definitely was still first, That was the first track to come out in 2019, I believe. Or sorry, 2020. 2020? Yeah. 2020, there we are. Like January yeah. or something. Um, Son, I'm assuming you got in touch with Greco? I think, or did you I, just submit it to him? I think we just submitted to him. Um, I think Spira had a demo email on their yeah. SoundCloud page. Yeah, um, I think that I was think, it. I think I probably like found, like we had been listening to like Spira edits for a while, and um, oh, this shit, dude. Thought it'd be a good a good fit because it had that sample, so we probably couldn't like release it as a you know an official release right somewhere. So we knew that they were doing those edits, um, shot them a demo. 
and uh yeah yeah so you didn't Rack produce two tracks to get into a spear you guys made this track had it and was like where's the right home for this yeah i feel yeah. like that's how it like there's only so many places that release those edits and yeah. we didn't want to release it ourselves i feel like now you see like hood politics is like blown up with their edits mm-hmm. um but like at the time it's like spira them like like house chart i don't know all all the ones but. i mean that's really it you know i mean everybody who politics fully acknowledges and appreciates the the groundwork that greco laid with spira it is this open format house i had a great conversation with him when i interviewed him about this this bridge that we're able to kind of pull off as selfish tech house DJs for the most part. Yeah. I'm totally fine with no words all night. I know you guys are too. You know what I mean? But the common masses are not. Man, we we've played a ton of shows where like the vibe is not where we can just play like <laughs> rolling tech house exactly. all night. <laughs> we uh we call it when we were at um when we were at Ultra, there was this tent and it was like a tent of not they weren't like any of the headliners. It was just kind of there. And there were some hammocks around. It was called the Oasis tent. Okay. And then like, that's what their thing was. It was like, like lots of vocals, lots of real fun, like party tech house. Right. And that ends up being the vibe that we have to play a lot of times in New York, especially like we'll play a place where they might not be coming for like it's house music and they're here to yeah. hear house music, but like, you're, it's not a place where you're, everyone's standing below the DJ and like yeah. jumping up and down. It's like a rooftop bar. And and sometimes people aren't coming there to hear you play. They're coming <laughs> you got to a hear. Job. Like, yeah. You, you, yeah you're exactly. getting, it's, not, it's not a headliner gig. Totally. It happens in Chicago all the time. And, and that's why I think it's so versatile. Somebody uh, that makes a lot of great edits like Ben Rainey, you know, these, these remixes and, and all that sort of stuff. And yeah that does so well in America. And I think literally this sort of party tech house that has the familiar nineties, uh, 2000s R and B and hip hop is the reason why house music has been going like this for the past 20 years. And then now it's like, Oh, okay. I can get down right. to this because we're speeding yeah. it up a little bit. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and I feel like people play, used to play that, like people used to play the Ben Rainey stuff in college and like, yeah. I'm sure that now people are playing like these tech house rooms. like it's just kind of probably not naturally progressed into like that's how house yeah. music is like if you guys went back to uva if we did it back to back to back we'd all be playing party tech house wouldn't we yeah oh, yeah without a doubt without a doubt without a doubt love that you'd pop off there yes we would we'd we'd fucking light the place on fire now on the on the fucking fire side here boys like this another one on kobu this is a dope track now this is a dope track because you again went outside the box and fused new disco with tech house i mean it's pretty cutting edge stuff especially this time too new disco has been around but it's been used in a lot of different ways where did the inspiration come for this um again like we were we were with um lash and his his place and he was showing us this like uh this new synthesizer he'd just gotten new not new synth new plug-in vengeance vengeance have you ever heard of it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. avenger avenger, avenger. Yeah, avenger. avenger yeah avenger yeah yeah and um so sick dude i used that in my uh in a recent track called the shermanator it's fucking sick i love avenger it's it's avenger. amazing I, it's, it's tight. um 
it's a staple and like any of our new stuff, the stuff that's, that's come out in 2020, 2021 and um, the stuff that's going to come out, we've used it in, in almost every single track somehow. But like we first, I, I feel like um, he was showing us a bunch of the, the sounds and the stuff that he was making with it and had all these like, like those detuned, like D D like Dude, kind of things that are all through it. It's such a sick, sick synth. It's, I love it. Yeah. And, uh, I, we immediately went back from his apartment, downloaded it and played around <laughs> and played around. And, um, like at the same time though, I feel like you also saw the, the, um, the rise of like those ravey sounds and those stabs coming back in the mix for a lot of like the bigger artists. Yeah. Like Eli Brown at the time was everywhere everywhere uh, sean and i had just probably seen him at izu and um i'm gonna forget the name of the song ecstasy and yeah 92 thing were played in every single set and i feel like we also had the realization like wow like people are trying to add these these new different sounds into tech house because like things are starting to sound the same and they need these new instruments and yeah there's like a little bit of a rave revival going. So like we yeah. wanted to add those tunes into a, into kind of like a groovier tech house track and see if we could fit in like, wow, they're, they're releasing these festival bangers that are just coming out with these, these, um, these sounds, but can they fit into something that's a bit groovier, something that someone can like dance to. Yep. Absolutely. That's such a good point too with, building upon the foundations of tech house that's what we're talking about now is like yeah it's four on the floor everything's four on the floor in, in the tech house world but when it really comes down to it you've got to the original and that's a question i asked to basically every tech house producer that i have on the show is like within this range like how do you be original right because anybody could go to you know whatever production course on youtube or buy and, and learn how to do it but unless you really do that original thing that you either accidentally do or learn from others or find inspiration, then it's really hard to be unique. And I think that was so cool what you guys did in this track, though. Great job. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I, yeah, we're, we're proud yeah. of that one. Definitely but, proud of that one. Still, still play that out in, in sets to this day. It's, yeah, that's a, yeah. on the USB, boy. That one, that one is on my USB. Like, there... And I, I mentioned this like every time too, it's this fine line of, is it a track that someone's going to heart on Spotify and maybe never share? Is it a track that someone's going to share to their friends and spread and put on social media and say, you got to check this track out. And then is it a track that's going to do both of those things and then make it onto the USBs of DJs and get played, right? It's like so hard to get all of them, but that track guys is one of those. So I love that. If you want to make more just for me, no problem. If you got some in the piggy bank that's unreleased, I'll take it. No big deal. But I love that yeah, style. Cause I, I love new sure. disco, love new disco. And, and you got, it, it's not a new disco track. So it really blends like my personal likings together. So I really like that one. Awesome, man. I love that. Yeah. Thanks. But thicker. We got to talk about this one. Victor Bari fucking, mm. I think Nutty mentioned him to me. I don't remember who it was. I don't remember which uh, hood politics guy it was. Um, but they said Victor Bari is like one of the next big things. And when you guys put this track out, this one was immediately all three of those. Hearted it, shared it, put it on the USB. Such a banger because, 
uh, we're getting into that hood politics vibes and hood politics came right after this guys. So I, I felt the energy. You've got that peak hour energy, peak hour bang, bang, as DJ Susan and I like to say, and you really snapped in this baseline. But what's so cool about this, and it really is kind of paying homage to what I just said, you guys made it unique with your breaks and the FX. Like traditionally, it's a, tra- it's a tech house track. It's a really groovy and, and busy yet simple baseline. But that is what made this track so great. And this was your first collaboration, right? Outside of you guys obviously working together. Uh, yeah, definitely first collab on a label. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was actually an interesting story. Um, I had reached out to Victor about getting a track for Deep Root, like through A&R. Nice. Um, last summer. The Scout. And- yeah, and I and he sent me this this tune. It was like not super fleshed out, um, yeah. but I thought it was cool. It had that very like groovy baseline in it already, um, and I I pitched it to Deep Root, and um, they said, you know, it, it's not it's not there yet. Um, maybe jump on it yourself um, to to develop it more, um, and then we'll okay. see. We'll like you know reconsider. Um, so we did that. Um, we we definitely beefed up their percussion, um, yeah. added added some elements to the breaks. Um, came I think it came out super super nice. And then yeah. um, didn't didn't work out with, with Deep Root, but Victor had um, a connection with this uh, label from the UK, Vivifier, and yeah. um, great label. Yeah, that was that was a cool that was a cool release for sure. That's a great story. So you That's scouted him out, being like, yeah. "Hey, come onto the team." And then your team was like, mm, "Maybe send it somewhere else." And then you ended up with this fucking banger. Yeah, it's a sometimes, sometimes, sure. work. sometimes you know things just like work that way. They're 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 random. They're weird. Um, mm-hmm. but it was it was it was a great match, um, sound wise. And he's a super nice guy, super talented. Um, Where's he based out of Brazil? Brazil, Brazil. that Brazilian bass. Oh my God. Those guys know what they're doing. You can hear it, man. He, he definitely wrote that baseline. Um, uh, so I can't take credit for it, but you can tell. I assume. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but he's definitely got that. He's got a sound and you can see it play out in some of his other tracks as well. Like he's got that, that baseline, um, and just kind of like the whole feel of it is definitely, um, he has his own own kind of lane going right now. Yeah. Well, great couple collaboration for you guys. And it leads us into what politics, guys. Double header in one week with the homie Zesto, who has also been building up his name. So Zesto. another another yeah. uh, great collaboration for you guys. La Baja and Air Guitar. So you guys obviously know my involvement with Hood Politics. I fucking love those guys and great label. They don't just take anything, man. They take high quality, good energy, but most importantly, they look at the people behind the music. So just want to acknowledge you guys for that. Getting on, getting on hood politics is, is not an easy thing. And um, these are great tracks. I am not surprised they took them because I love them. Like air guitar. Well, first off, La Baja is, is almost kind of like the spirit release. You know what I mean? Like it's this really cool, like upbeat tech house version of, of a great classic. But air guitar, 
this is a fucking special track, guys. I mean, what was the whole experience like for you? Releasing on Hood Politics, becoming part of the family, doing another collab with with a great producer, Zesto. Shout out to Zesto. What was like kind of the door-to-door experience for you guys? Um, Hood Politics was always like one that we wanted to be on. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, uh, when I said before we we started chatting, like that we have a bunch of these goal labels that like we want to be on these labels. And that was definitely one of the first ones that awesome. uh, was on our list. It's like Hood Politics. I think we'd been sending them like some of our tracks that definitely weren't fits for a while. <laughs> um, and so it was a good feeling. Um, but uh, that those two tracks like came about, Sean played a Zesto track in a deep root mix that he did like at the beginning of quarantine. And it was, he has got a track on basement sounds and Zesto reached out to us. It was like, Hey, like, thanks so much for the support and for playing this song. Um, and like, we went back and forth a couple of times and he's like, do you guys want to work on a track together? I'm like, sure. So we sent him like, basically like a, it was a, a drum like drums and bass and kind of like a song fleshed out, but not really fleshed out. And he a did skeleton, this. Yeah. Classic skeleton. Yeah. And he did the same with us. And, um, one of them ended up being La Baja. The mm-hmm. one that he sent us was La Baja. And the one that we sent him ended up being air guitar. Oh, that's fucking so just, awesome. A true yeah. collaboration. Yeah. It was a true collaboration. We're like, he's, we both like exchanged like skeletons of songs and then came back. Damn. With, um, yeah so it, that, it was that like a, never happens guys i'm sure you know that like it doesn't happen that easy n- no it, it i mean even like collabing with someone so far away isn't isn't too uh isn't too easy and like we both i'm sure like you know like you have different styles of mixing and like i like things um like very compressed on my drums which i know isn't the way to go all the time <laughs> but like so it, people just have different preferences so definitely interesting and like i'm not we're not used to like collabs obviously we start with victor and this one so yeah well yeah the zesto collab actually came about before the victor one um oh really yeah the victor thing kind of came um you know when all was said and done it was like pretty pretty short amount of time um but we connected with zesto back in like like maybe may of last year and then I don't know. I don't remember when um, we got the verbal commitment from Hood Poly. They're it was, usually it was later in the summer. Out. Yeah, it was later in the summer. But um, yeah, it was. It, so that was like our first real um, experience at um, or of of collabing with someone. And he is based out of Australia, so mm-hmm. it was it was interesting with the time difference. Um, yeah. <laughs> like uh, yeah what is the time difference in australia it's like 14 hours or something yeah i can't even do that math bro (laughs) it was so hard to talk because like we would you could only send a message a day like we would send him something and then he would respond (laughs) yeah 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 it was funny once we like started a a dm thread with hood politics and like like three of us um in it um like yeah (laughs) he wouldn't get like the assets for like another day and like it was just it was it was it was funny but uh he, he's a super super nice dude um talented producer yeah um, yeah so yeah. like those two tracks with hood poly 
Um, there were good, like happy medium between his sound and ours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And super, super happy with how those, those turned out yeah. and super, super hyped to be to, to join the hood poly fam there. Um, they're such great guys putting out such good music that you yeah. just like through the roof with them. So. Their recent releases have been incredible. Just like, Oh yeah. It, it's super inspiring for us. Like, like even the, the, yeah, even the IDs that they're playing and like the unreleased stuff, you're like, wow, like they're about to take off. You guys have no I'm idea. Sure. Susie sent me everything they have through August and um stop it yeah oh no uh, jaw jaw dropping bro all immediately on the usb yeah. <laughs> oh, dude God. it's so funny because they all are free download and i'm like oh, this should be illegal what i'm doing right now dude <laughs> yeah you've got the secret launch codes i do i do i can't even handle it i need to give the key it needs to be two keys dude like i need somebody else to be like you can do it you know what i mean like i can't blow this off but congratulations to you guys man it's it's a great label you deserve the release on there because they're awesome tracks and you finished 2020 off with a bang and and big massive shout out to you guys because like i said 2020 we all had every artist had every reason to quit really really no reason to keep going but you guys prove that you're in it for the right reasons the love of music you continue to put out awesome tracks collaborate with people from all over the world brazil australia I mean that's special guys so just take a second and just like know you're you're doing this it's happening you didn't stop we made it through guys it's it's almost over i think i don't know well, we're here and you killed 2020 i'm gonna give you a round of applause appreciate that man. absolutely guys now 2021 we already got two fucking bangers out guys years off to a great start and i'm excited to ask what's going on after this but let's just touch base on these lose control space yacht comes out of fucking left field come on now y'all you guys god i mean that's a very funny track i the story behind that one's awesome dude i mean the first off so (laughs) boyish is kind of blowing up local singles who you mentioned earlier and i'm glad you brought them up because i wanted to ask about them but before we even talk about the track space yacht man love those guys love what they're doing i mean you guys are hopping on like a tsunami right now like they're literally about to fucking crash over the whole entire world with this label and it's been a blessing in disguise this pandemic in a lot of different ways because people like space yadu are so influential in a, in a mm-hmm. cultural perspective um, are now giving opportunities to no namers you know what i mean like not no namers but you know what i mean right yeah so congratulations to you guys man let's hear the story behind this track it sound sounds like devin's chomping at the bit to tell me right now so let's start with you <laughs> it's it's multifaceted sean's gonna have to hop in okay okay uh, it but it starts with the local singles guys okay. who uh chaz is um a friend of mine uh so back when i was making like tropical house and future bass i met chaz through this music blog that was started at trinity by these guys that were older than me and sean called okay. uh Mugatunes. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> That's a, such a good name. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we we were tight with them. It's a real like college focused blog. They they like bring on tastemakers and stuff. So like sh- they were good for us releasing like our future house and tropical music. And then yeah. I started making house. Chaz becomes he's like a sick 
sick, like future bass. He makes lo-fi and like incredibly well produced. It's amazing. If you go back on his other stuff, um, I don't know if his SoundCloud ever got the burn that it deserves, but <laughs> he hit me up um, in early 2020 and was like, hey, me and my buddy are starting a house duo and um, I want to work on a song with you guys. Like, can I send you this thing? And he sent me this song and like, it was a little slow. We ended up like speeding it up um, and adding a bunch of uh, like a bunch of stuff and it changed it a lot. And um, it didn't have any vocals, but that became like the base of what Lose Control was. And it yeah. turns out like the other kid that he was starting this thing is his childhood friend who was the guy who booked us back at UVA no like way. two years ago. Yep. Yeah. And so like, it kind of came full circle, like, wow, we're working with this guy. Um, and they didn't even have the name local singles yet. I don't think, um, you're going to have to have them on to have their full story. Um, I got so, but so now we've got, we've got the instrumental for the, uh, the loose instrumental of what lose control would end up being. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was like, it didn't sound, it doesn't sound like what it sounds like now. There's a ton that was changed, but we were like, Oh shoot. Like we need vocals. So this is where I got to pass it <laughs> off to Sean. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think like early on in, uh, in quarantine, um, I stumbled across, uh, this duo called boyish on Instagram. Yeah. And, um, I had heard a track of theirs called people wanna, that was, mm. Uh, I think it was their first ever release, but it was I on Friday, Friday Crate Diggers um, is where I heard it. And I thought it, it was super, super tight. So I gave them a follow on Instagram. And then like a few months later down in Miami. So they're both Miami based. Okay. Um, a few months later, I'm like here in Miami, I'm on the hinge. <laughs> and shit you not, I, I match with Amanda from Boyish. And what? Well, I, I recognized this girl's face and I was yeah. like, like, where the fuck have I seen this girl? You match, want to collab, bro? <laughs> I, I, I reach out to her first and I'm like, are you by any chance Amanda from Boyish? Like, you look super familiar. She's like, ha ha ha, yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, I, I think you and like, and I, I, I mentioned that um, I'm part of Pool House and mm -hmm. um. <laughs> It was, it was, it was really hysterical. Um, it's awesome. She, yeah. She, she fucked with our music. Um, and I basically was like, we're, we have this project that we're looking for um, original vocals. And I know that you um, and your partner, Kristen record vocals, your vocalists, um, you do original box on your, all, on all your, all your tracks. Uh, would you be interested in, um, you know, taking a look at what we have, um, maybe writing something. And yeah, yeah. History, man. They both wrote, like, they each wrote a verse and then uh, wow. we chopped up the, the parts that, like, fit best and did the whole thing. And then, yeah, eventually found a home for it at Space Yacht, which was awesome. So but uh, I went through a bunch of different versions, but uh, I feel like the, the end product came out pretty well. And Oh, yeah. Was, uh, yeah for sure and get on space yachts first call like you said space yachts got that like like especially in quarantine they have that whole brand that they've got going which they had like 
their whole party brand before and they've just kind of like taken that in with the live streams and they do like demo days they got a big community it was like Dune reactor has been huge yeah yeah and so kind of like a, a good home for it to be in an up and coming like they're doing tech house now like i feel like they weren't really tech house before so like they're like yeah we want to start doing tech house and it was a great home for it dude fuck yeah guys that is first off such a great story uh thank god that sean's a ladies man i guess hopping on hinge but i'm, I'm not right. a single guy is hinge where the non non-creepers go these days is we're kind of funneled it funnel from tinder to bumble to hinge, i haven't used that app in months you got a girlfriend <laughs> i was about to ask is this your girlfriend now uh, <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> amanda is not my girlfriend we are homies though um the whole like <laughs> local singles pool house boyish crew uh you know we're yeah that's still uh um hopefully we'll have some more projects with them um in the near future it's great man but uh, yeah all 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 props to space yacht i'm such a big fan of what they do and again a party brand like literally we throw electronic house music parties dubstep whatever it is i interviewed mm-hmm. actually a guy based in chicago's named clb he, he was the first release on space yacht and it was drum and bass right and drum and bass is something that's growing so much in the u.s and when he was kind of giving me the story behind what london bridge and hen are going for it's exactly what we're talking about just kind of like a if you're if you're if it's a good track i want to put it out i want the people to hear it and they're gonna come out of this so much bigger than they were before like it's just really special to see brands like that taking it to the next level and congratulations to you guys because like i said I mean, it's not hopping on the bandwagon, man. You guys fucking picked up your surfboards and got on this giant wave with 50 other producers that are trying to make a name for themselves too. So big surf party going on for Space Yacht, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah that, sure. that one was so fun. The, the Like the local singles people, the boyish girls, like I, I feel like we all still like, we all still have like a group chat and, and chat pretty frequently. And like, it's just a funny, it's always a funny conversation. There's always something <laughs> going on. The local singles guys are like a, a, a riot yeah so a real hoot yeah um i also want to give a shout out to the truth and lies guys for their um their twitch demo sessions yeah that's that's something that we haven't touched upon um it's been a major help for us uh you know past like five or six months um yeah being able to send tunes for this, this track in particular um, just getting getting good peer feedback, yeah, from them and like other people in the in the community um, on that and other demos that we've sent. So, major shouts to them. They're they're the homies. Okay. Yeah, the whole virtual community that that has like popped up throughout. Like I felt like before you were in like the New York community, and there was probably like a Miami community and an LA community. And those are who you saw and like who you became friends with. And like all these virtual communities now have popped up with like you had tune reactor. Um, We've been pretty active in like the truth and lies one where they've got like this whole crew of people who tune in every Thursday and tune in every Saturday to hear their demo streams or their, or their, um, their mixes. And it's like not only good for them, but like for people like Sean and I being able to meet, other people who are like in the same spot like yeah sending out demos you know working working to try and make new stuff and like 
probably getting a lot of rejections, but then getting some wins. <laughs> like you meet, you meet all of those people as well. And it's like, oh, yeah. there's so many people else in the same boat um, who like understand who get the grind, I guess. Absolutely, guys. And that's what I meant in the beginning by like 90% of the glacier is not what shows. And that's what goes on in this ecosystem is, dude, we're all just like trying to make our way up. And the fact of the matter is there's a lot of people right next to you and we can help each other out. Collaboration over competition, man. That's the biggest thing right now. And I see that so much. So hell yeah. Absolutely. Shout out to everybody doing demo streams. Um, Absolutely. We got to talk about the most recent track though. Um. I don't know if you saw, but I played it in a live stream or was it, it was a live stream, but it was like at a proper club guys. Your tell me remix, which Sean actually sent to me in advance. Thank you, Sean. Mm -hmm. uh, wow, guys. Holy fuck. Like it's one thing to release or listen to a track in your, you know, headphones. I even have a sub pack, right? Just, just cause I love that shit, but it's not the same as when you hear it on a club system. And this remix is so good god damn guys like you took 10 steps up what the fuck like i don't i'm literally i'm getting anxious and excited right now talking about this track because it's so fucking good it was a remix by devault very well-known producer baby jake great vocalist i gotta hear the full story on this one because in my eyes again you really you reached new levels of what's possible in music production you really did you really did. Like the fact that you did that in Logic is inspiring to me as a producer because sometimes when you hear tracks that are so good, you're like, like a Dead Mouse track or a Prince track. You're like, they they made that in something that nobody else has their hands on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I got to clap again, guys. I really love this one. How did it come together? Um. So I'll let Sean kick this off. Yeah. Okay. So we we actually know Devault's manager. Um, okay. From from New York. Sean, you know everybody, don't you? He uh, <laughs> he does, man. <laughs> I would talk to him. <laughs> uh, he used to throw uh, events in New York before COVID. Um, he had this like little event company. Um, they still they still throw events, um, and they I think they saw I think they Duncan, who's Devault's manager, came to the Deep Root Showcase at Marquee that we played mm -hmm. and saw us. And then reached out to, out to us after the fact and was like, I'm putting on this event. I think it was Sean Frank who he got yeah. to play the, the headline. And um, he wanted to see if we could open. And we were all for it. We met him and have been close, you know, pretty tight with him since. Um, he spent actually a lot of time down here in Miami. Um, and we've been hanging. But it's uh, awesome. So this is actually the, our second attempt at a Devault remix. Oh, um, is it? <laughs> yeah, earlier earlier last year, he gave us the chance to um, to remix a track. I forget exactly which which one it was. Devin, do you remember? I I don't remember, but it was ever it was as part of his EP on Insomniac. Yeah, it was like an an EP from last year. Um, he gave us the stems, and we we made a made a remix, but that never saw the light of day because. Um, I don't think Insomniac, um, you know, gave the green light to do remixes. Yeah. So um, that never happened, but um, he gave us he gave us another chance once once Devault had this new uh, Tell Me Blue EP out with with Baby Jake. Um, he immediately hit me up and was like, um, "Got a project for you. Um, if you want to do it, like 
give give this a crack. We're gonna put out a remix pack for Tell Me. Um, and obviously we weren't gonna say no to that. Dude, so um, good. The yeah. vocals in that song. At the time, we didn't even know it was gonna come out in a pack with Dylan Nathaniel. Yeah. And like Cryptogram. Um, it was super mm-hmm. cool. Um, and also I I think like we mentioned before using audio movers. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that came in particularly clutch for this remix. Uh, we did a bunch of um, sessions, just like um, me listening in on what Devin was doing. Cause we, I really wanted to make sure that like, you know, we did this one right. Um, but I guess exactly. like Devin, Devin can take it from here. Yeah, Sean underplayed it. Like he, uh, he became like pretty tight with Duncan. I feel after that show, and like Sean spun like a couple of private parties for him. Now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, the, yeah. That that Devo <laughs> remix was like totally, um, you know, props to Duncan for for thinking of us there, and Same like. Yeah, great opportunity. Devault, his music's so sick. And like I feel like if you've been on SoundCloud in the last whatever, six, seven years, then you've you've had to have heard some of those ones that have blown up. I feel like he's a persona of someone who probably started remixing songs on SoundCloud and blew up after that. So Yeah. Yeah. Like so many. And and, uh, and VPS Avenger came in is it yeah vps it came in big all those all those <laughs> sequencers man that's a, that's the thing uh the one of the local singles guys was like man what's that synth you're using i was like dude it's avenger you gotta get it you gotta <laughs> download it it's avenger and it's decapitator that's all it is yes like, yes decapitator god it'll make any of those things just sound a little bit more analog like they need to so sick though i mean that that track guys i played it out and I remember when uh, Sean sent it to me and like it had a download link on it. I was like, thank God, like I'm putting this into a playlist next time I can that's play this big. track. And um, that's that the break and build in the second part, guys, is, is so special. And it's just really, really powerful. It's emotional. And again, it's just like really cool to hear. I mean, that's your most recent track to hear us do this full circle. You guys have a lot of full circle moments, don't you? When we talk about the Treat Me Like a Lady remix and we come to this, I mean, this is on steroids compared to that. But, like, not that there was anything wrong with that track. But this, I'm telling you, like, you guys have leveled up. You've reached something really, really spectacular here. And I and I hope you realize that. Like, you guys have grown as producers. And to get that acknowledgement and the validation from Devault, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't just, like, I mean, yeah, of course, you had the friendly connection. But you still put out the product. You still delivered. Yeah. I, the, the, the melodic thing, I think you can, it, it keeps popping up in, in like our music. And I feel like it's something that Sean and I try to go back. It's tough to do with tech house, but like, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of our, our future tracks and the ones that we're making now will have a bit of that, that vibe in it. What, it, what is to come right now? Because you mentioned with the label releases, which is what you guys have been doing successfully usually those come out three months later at minimum so are we walking into like the biggest and best year of pool house yet right now we hope so john's got a fucking serious ass smile right now i already know the answer to this question (laughs) um so we actually 
we were supposed to have a release like next week. Um, but that is being unfortunately pushed to May. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have right now we have an upcoming track on house of hustle, um, on a, on actually a VA, um, super excited about that one. That's awesome. I think, I think, I think that one might be one of our best yet personally. Um, and recently we, uh, we signed, uh, another track to don't blinks label, um, low ceiling. Yes. I saw no pants party just released on there and I had meant I'd seen them before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very about about too. And then we have a few others that are like, um, that were, you know, in, in the, in the midst of you guys. Yes. You know, yeah. Yes. Landing homes um for you got a resume at this point now too boys like you got hood politics you got space yeah you got spira i mean you got official remixes it's great keep building that's the plan man i feel like 20 2020 has been like a lot of people no matter where they're at have been just trying to build on the music yes. i feel like you see people like fisher stop releasing music because <laughs> like why i mean why would they they can't you know play it at shows and whatnot but then you have like all those hood poly guys, like the house of hustle guys, like everyone just releasing a ton of songs get twisted. Those guys have been yep. crushing it. Like just as much music as they can. And, and same like deep root Greco started a label, didn't he? That, that, uh, Rossum white. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's grown massively in this time, some time frame. So like window opened up for some people. Yeah. Uh, when other people, you know, cool the jets yeah well said man and and that's kind of the reality of the situation is you got to be more relevant than ever and i think you guys have experienced this when you hold on to music that you don't release because it either doesn't find a label or it just doesn't find the right home and you sit on it and you never release it you never really get the real feedback because in my experience and maybe you guys resonate with this too when you release a track it sounds a lot different once it's finally out there rather than when it's in your headphones and you haven't released it right so when I think that's just because you're like, fuck, it's, it's really out there. Okay. Like, even if it's on a label, are people going to like this? And yeah. you got to learn from that. You got to get feedback. You've got to hear from the people. Did they like it? Did they not like it? What did they like? What didn't they like? How do I feel about this track now? Am I going to go back to certain reference points as I continue to produce, as I continue to grow? And I think you have to just keep releasing music. That's kind of the fact of the matter, at least in my opinion. And like I said, too you got every reason to not release music without live shows. We release music so we can fucking DJ it at parties and festivals and boat parties. Right. And if that's not mm. possible right now, that sucks. But the reality of the situation is you have to persevere and you guys have done that. And it's looking up that, you know, those shows will be a possibility this year. So yes. Fingers crossed. Or to yeah. Miami. Fingers crossed. You're always yeah. here, bro. I know what's, what's the, on that, on that note, like what is a pool house set like guys? Because you guys both have a lot of different influences and inspirations. You have a pool house vibe, but what's, what can, what, what like, if you're coming to Chicago, what are we going to hear? Um, I think it, it varies, uh, on the mm -hmm. events, um, of course, you know, the venue time of day, but, um, def definitely like, I'd say like upbeat, like party tech house vibes for at least like a good portion of the set. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, like, yeah. to, like to play as much of our own music as, as possible, but I feel like we, Devin and I are just like massive fans of just like so many other artists that like, yeah, just wanna, we just want to rinse out all these like new, like six tunes. <laughs> well, you guys are great DJs we'll too. Like you were DJs primarily before you were real producers, right? So that's, yeah, that's where the real love comes from. Yeah. Just like high energy stuff. I feel like if, if people aren't dancing, then you're doing something wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> as low energy as we may seem right now, it's like, I feel like once you get behind there and you kind of feed off each other, I feel like when we were at Treehouse recently, that's definitely what it felt like. We hadn't been in the same room, like playing together for so long that it was like trying to one up each other on each track. Like, you know, I yeah, play one and Sean's like, I know this one, this one's going to be better. And then you're like, oh shit, man, Sean played a sick track. <laughs> yeah. that's awesome guys i look forward to the time i can see you dj live in person too i know we're all missing that but we're yes. gonna get back to it we're gonna get back yeah to man it. definitely gotta gotta link up when this is over absolutely so as a as a dj producer duo it's it's has its advantages and disadvantages like we've talked about when it comes to production there are certain levels of creativity there are certain levels of skill set and inspiration when it comes to DJing, there are certain influences or styles, but there's a lot of other things, the business, the being in different places, what's like some of the, the most difficult parts of being in a duo. And then what are also some of your guys' favorite parts? And, and we'll start with Sean and then we'll go to Devin. Difficult parts. Um, well, during the pandemic, um, you know, trying to like the, the creative process remotely, yeah, uh, trying to do that remotely um, has been tough, um, but we, you know, we we talked about that. Um, I think we, we're, Devin and I, are at the point now where we like really like, you know, we're super close um, friends, and um, I just feel like the like the working relationship is very seamless with us. Um, awesome. We never really get like that pissed at each other. We'll get like annoyed here and there. You guys but, are too chill, uh, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> Devin's my fucking boy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And I think that's you know, it it would it would suck if he wasn't. So, um, so I think, I mean, advantages. Um, I feel like we we both bring different things to the table. Um, I like to network and you know. Uh, I do the A and R stuff on the side. Um, Devin has very, very rock solid understanding of logic, and um, you know, I'll feed him with some ideas. He'll he'll make some cool shit, and it works out. Yeah, so. love that. Man. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Sean really hit the nail on the head. Like you know, difficult times you might disagree on certain things. So like like I said, like if I'm really feeling something and Sean's not. Uh, and yeah. you kind of have that, like, well, this is kind of, this is a little frustrating, man. Like, I really like that part of the song and you want me to take it out. Or if he's like, well, you should add these. And I'm like, well, I don't think it needs that. Like that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. I yeah. think it can be tough sometimes, but, um, sure. he really hit the, like, we, we both compliment each other well. And like, he, I, I'm not really good at doing the whole networking thing. Like when we go out at places like Sean's <laughs> the one who like, first he like seamlessly fits in like makes makes friends with all the the people around us and like stays in touch with those people a ton which i think you can see with like 
the boyish stuff and and uh with Duncan and like even the deep root guys like Kyle uh is we've become incredibly like close with Kyle um someone that like we kind of just latched on to after that first time we played at deep root yeah he's a great guy. um he's amazing and um the like the best part though like is you have a friend in this I feel like you look at a lot of people who are doing it solo and uh yeah I'm sure like it gets tough sometimes mentally, um, especially when you're in quarantine. I'm sure, especially now it's been a lot, it's been really tough on people who are like by themselves doing this by themselves. They might get down on themselves. I don't really know. I feel like, I feel like that kind of stuff isn't really talked about so much in terms of the DJ side, but then you see things like Avicii or incredible things like that, like that are just so disheartening. And I feel like it's a real thing. And, um, having someone else who's like a really good friend to to be around um while you're doing this together is i think definitely where it's i I, i'm not sure why you wouldn't want to be a duo when it comes to that sometimes it's like a team yeah you guys make love you boo (laughs) oh that's cute i love that (laughs) you guys do have a bit of a cosmic connection though in one way or another how you guys i mean if you look at it, it when you first didn't like each other and then for whatever reason you guys kept get put in the same place you like the same sort of music you kept growing together you experience life milestones together and you said fuck it we're gonna make a dj duo and we're gonna start producing music and look at you guys now man really in a short period of time all things considered you've you've come a long way and again i i do envy a lot of the aspects of your of your collaboration your duo here you can lean on each other. And that's something that's special because you guys have experienced it. You just mentioned it. Whether you are leaning on each other or not, sometimes we're all sitting in a dark room by ourselves, and there's no one that's going to believe in you except yourself. And when you're in a duo, you are able to have that person to say, dude, it's just not my day. Or dude, mm-hmm. why are we doing this? And the other guy yeah. is like, we're doing this because we love this. Now fucking pucker up and turn up that fucking sub bass and let's have a good ass time right now, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, Hit the nail on the head, man. Yeah, with the sub bass. <laughs> yeah, with the sub bass. So, yeah, that's awesome. that's that's the contentious point. Sean's like, turn up the sub bass. I'm like, sure, I can hear it. Oh it's no, coming I, to the mix fine. I man. struck a nerve. Yeah. <laughs> so, what would be, I guess, your guys' last piece of advice as well? There's a ton of young producers that watch the show that. Um, are always reaching out, trying to find a way to make a name in their music industry, whether it be a DJ, a producer, label heads. What what would be your one piece of advice? And since we're looking at Devin right now, what, what would be your advice, sir? I feel like it's, uh, like, I, I think you see it a lot in the music industry. It's like your ego is your own worst enemy. I feel yeah. like Amen. you see it, so many people that are doing awesome things, and it's because they're just great people and they have people gravitate towards them. So I feel like that's one thing that like everyone should be thinking about is you're, you're going to be running around the same people at all all times. Like, yeah. And I'm sure you've seen the demise of, of some certain DJs over the past year or so when they, they were just kind of assholes and people found out and it really destroyed their careers. And I'm not going to name any names, but um, uh, that and like the hours, man, I like, I'm sure everyone who's been on logic has like been on it forever. It's an incredible amount of hours and you don't see the amount of time that those big names, like those camel fat guys, they were around, they're like 40. They were around for like 
17 years or so under a bunch of different names before they became so camel bandits long dude people forget yeah. I remember their constellations mix or uh release on spinning in like 2012 yeah yeah it's incredible when you think about like a lot of the people that are the big names and in, in tech house or the big names in house like they've all been at it for for an incredible amount of time it's like just trying to remember that it doesn't always like it doesn't happen overnight it's like a it's a very long process and a lot of trial and error and a lot of learning and like yep. the stuff that you make in, you know, three years ago, you're going to hate three years later, but it's just part of the process. So make sure you love what you do. Exactly. Love that. What about you, Sean? Yeah. I think like Devin said, just be a good person. Um, mm-hmm. You know, stop the, like, don't compare yourself to others. Like everyone sort of, moves at at their own rate um don't get caught up in what other people are doing i think that's a big one and um yeah just 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 stick to the process grind and uh you'll get there and in in some capacity you'll you'll get to where you want to be so yeah enjoy the little wins while you can while you get them exactly no matter how little they are absolutely one fan one stream I always think about that too. It's like, and you, you just said it, Sean, don't compare. Don't compare yourself to people who are having huge amounts of success. Because if you do, you're gonna, it's gonna be a short road for you in this industry. And that's what I always say, man. Like if, if just us did this interview and watch this interview and that's it when I release it, all the same to me because I genuinely enjoy this stuff. I, I really enjoy talking to you guys and that's that's literally my bread and butter is just having special conversations with people that share the same interests and if that's what people get out of the music industry when they go through it fuck yeah you're gonna sit on your rocking chair and say you know what i didn't headline ultra but i can't tell you how many great times i had with awesome friends in the studio or at shows that we put together and hungover days that we shared and shots that we shouldn't have taken or whatever else it might be right like that's what life's all about it's about the relationships that you have and i think people lose sight of that because again i'm gonna full circle it for us right now they see that 10 percent of the iceberg that they think they have to reach and if you get there awesome but don't forget about everybody else below the surface you know what i mean for sure spot on well said you've got away with you got away with word sharm i like metaphors (laughs) i'm getting really good at these metaphors guys It's practice, man. What's this number? 119, 190? Bro, yeah, I don't know. You tell me. I don't know what happened in the past year, but we fucking pumped out the content, and here we are now. This is, uh, what am I going to read here? Yeah, 153, boys. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a grind right there. It's truly awesome. been a pleasure, guys. Seriously, I cannot wait to see some new music out this year. Again, I will take unreleased records. No problem. I won't share them. I got uh, you on the promos, mate. Don't worry. Thank you, Sean. Mate, we got a fucking guy who talks to UK DJs, dude. I say it all the time. I'm like, if you talk to a UK guy, I'm like, I got to say mate. I can't say mate. I say man. I can't say man. They don't know. They don't say man. Mate. How you doing, mate? (laughs) That's hilarious. Just a couple of American guys, right? Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, this has seriously been such a pleasure, guys. Congratulations on all your success so far. Keep going. Keep doing your thing. I love your music. You've got so much potential and um, yeah, I really just can't say it enough. Like I'm a big fan and it's just been such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for having us, man. This was so much fun. I really appreciate it.
of course i love your guys dude this fucking tell me remix i'm dropping that shit that's like gonna sneak in any big set i can because it just it does it it just does it i love thank it you. thank you awesome guys well, you guys have a good night and uh enjoy delaware and i don't have to tell sean enjoy miami he's probably going out <laughs> to some open air club where fucking local oh, guys no, is playing no. a seven hour set yeah, yeah, lie, just lie to us just just lie to us okay <laughs> <laughs> all right bro all right, guys, have okay. a good night. Thank you again. I appreciate Peace, it. Peace, man. Thank, Thank you. you.